Ben Jawalski, what's going on? I am having a wonderful day because my best friend and head coach hit a new clean and jerk PR in Wad Prep Studios. So I'm having a great day. How are you? How are you today? I, I, don't even, I don't even know where to start with the whole best friend thing. I mean, not hurt at all, but okay. Oh, and, I put an uh, asterisk by it, but did you? Whoa. He's your best friend. Best friend. Best he's he's my best friend with hair. Okay. <laughs> okay. Still hurt. Uh, that's okay. Hey, you, speaking of, you have a whole gang with you. Why don't you introduce the whole gang to everyone? All right. On my right, I have the wonderful Coach Savannah. 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 Hi. She is here to help us teach a new weightlifting course that we are creating. I'm super excited. How, how has it been so far? It's been awesome. We dove in today and started filming and I was not awkward. So day <laughs> was a win. She will be replacing CJ and I on all further videos. Like she <laughs> nailed it. Did she? she? so natural on camera. It was kind of annoying. She well, was definitely less awkward <laughs> on camera than just now as the mic came into her face, for sure. <laughs> I used it all up earlier. Right. She is, uh, she's a one-on-one coach at Wad Prep along with uh, chief of customer happiness and honestly, a litany of other things. And, that, and she's also the co-creator of Wad Prep weightlifting. So That's right. we're very excited to have her. And then uh, to my left is... Uh, Coach Dr. CJ DePalma, two titles there, Coach Doctor. Um, and he's the head of our one-on-one coaching division, the head lead programmer of Wadpred Masters. Uh, and he's also been on the podcast at least once, right? He was on with, uh, what was her name? With Justine? Third C. Yep. Yeah, Justine. when we were doing the sleep and recovery episode. Well, I thought we would spend... Um, Today and actually next week too, for everyone listening, talking about open prep, because that's probably the top thing on everyone's mind since we're now about 15, 16 days out, give or take. And uh, time to scramble. Time to scramble. Time to cram. You got to cram everything you don't know into a two-week period. And we're going to teach you all of that tonight. But before we do that, we got to talk about our sponsor, You Can, who saved my ass again today, Ben. I did a 10-rounder in the basement gym because, you know, I do loves my endurance workouts. And uh, I took my UCAM before I went down and it was great. And I programmed wall walks for myself, which is just damn near insanity. But the I'm open's coming up. Yourself. I'm impressed with your programming. Um, this was a good one. It was, uh, it was 10 rounds, 150 meter on the assault runner, three wall walks, 10 GHDs, which for those of you that are going to scale and bail, you should do sit-ups, not GHDs. Or just um, not just bail. But it was a good mixture. Like, you know, you get 30 wall walks in, which is, you know, decent volume, but you get enough of a break that your shoulders aren't killing you by the time you get back. And, you know, you got to run pretty hard. So, you know, it was good. Half an hour awesome. or so, give or take. So, yeah, it's been a it's been a minute since I've had like a an endurance session. But uh, when I'm doing my long training sessions with my, my buddies here in Denver or uh, again, like backcountry snowboarding, stuff like that. It's definitely definitely my go-to. I just take a scoop, throw it in with my pre-workout, take a scoop of the energy powder, which is basically a carbohydrate powder that tastes like deliciousness, and I just crush it. I love any excuse I can possibly get to consume carbohydrates. So <laughs> really stoked that I have a carbohydrate sponsor. 
See, I always do the bars, always, uh, mostly because I have other drinks that I like and I don't like to, I'm weird about what I drink before a workout. You know, I don't want to mix them. I just want my normal drink, but I always bourbon. It always, yeah, it's always <laughs> bourbon before the workouts, particularly if I'm going upside down like that. Great idea. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was good. Saved my bacon. So I would really suggest to you guys, we don't have any idea what the open wads are going to be. So they may all be me four minutes and you don't need this many carbs going into a four minute workout, but you also may get a crazy long one this year. And I would tell you, get some, you can ready to go. Cause I love it for long workouts for sure. And, uh, what's, you what's the discount code discount 20% off. You can use uh, scale. It's our code and you can.co. So go check them out. All right. Let's talk about the open. You excited? Yes, I am. <laughs> Are you so awkward tonight? Jesus, man. He had man. to read that. He had to read that off of the I am excited for the open. This is great. I am yes. so excited. No, I really am excited for, I mean, for me participating in it, not so much, but it's always an exciting time of year here at Wad Prep because this is where a lot of people find us for the first time. And it's where a lot of our most loyal following and fans, like they, they just hang on a lot of the tips that we share, whether it's inside of Wad Prep Masters or on our YouTube channel, or this is when we actually write blog posts. Like everyone just tends to really pay attention and respect what Wad Prep has to say. So it's a big time for our company. Um, and it's just an exciting time for our athletes. This is where a lot of our athletes get to whether it's one-on-one or, or, you know, wide masters or taking our skill courses, our athletes are just like, Oh my gosh, I've improved so much. I can actually do these things now. So it's a really exciting time. And I know CJ actually still cares about the workouts. So that's cool. Why, why do you not get excited for yourself, Ben? Um, so there's a certain level of, uh, like I love to excel at things and if I'm not a hundred percent all in into a competition, it's hard for me to like half-heartedly compete. So like me doing it, I do them all one and done. I do the workouts one time I'm done. Even if I could have improved and I, I try to have fun with it. So like, if I go to a Friday night lights and stuff like that, it'll be fun. But uh, there's like this competitor in me. That's like, that like wants to come alive this time of year. And I kind of have to prevent that competitor that wants to dominate at all costs from coming out because it ends up not being a good thing for me uh personally physically for walk prep either i just like i i get too obsessed with the competition so i try to have fun with it so i will have fun with it i just i don't know it's my like ninth or tenth open so it's 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 not super exciting for me as an athlete but it is for me as a coach um, i'm very excited as a coach you should join the scale division. I bet you could dominate those guys. That's a great idea. Be awesome. Ben's ego is too strong for the scale division. <laughs> no, no, look, there's a ton of strong people in the scale division. People scale for a lot there of reasons. Definitely. Absolutely. Agree. Come on, Ben. Dude, go scaled this year, buddy. You kill it. Yeah. Just scaled and try to win. Yeah. Why I probably not? wouldn't. I, with the engine that's involved, I definitely no, would not I really win. Think that no. would be a bad idea. That would be more painful than going oh, slower sure. in the RX division. That would be yeah. awful for him. It actually I, would be because like every everything that I excel in are all of the super RX movements, like handstand walks and and bar muscle ups and ring muscle ups and really heavy snatches. It, it actually and none would of be far worse for you in scale. Be. I'm out. I'm not doing scale. Yes, I'm, I'm. This is a terrible idea. I'm not doing it. I think it was two or three, whatever, maybe two years ago. 
Well, I did well that year in the scale. The one workout that was toes to bar and dumbbell thrusters and double unders. The scaled version, and I think everyone, like the top athletes were getting like, if I'm remembering right, maybe 21 rounds. It was like a 20-minute AMRAP. And the above average athletes were getting like 17 or 18 rounds, which was a ton of toes to bar and a ton of everything, you know. Well, in the scale division, it was single unders and knee raises and dumbbell thrusters, but much lighter, you know. And I did it twice because I kind of misjudged some stuff the first time I did it. And it was equally horrible both times. I ended up getting like 32 or 33 rounds. Like you just literally don't stop for 20 minutes. And that was completely please sprint the entire time. Cause nothing yeah, and, can actually limit you. Yeah. That was the thing. There was no movement that would actually slow you down. So it was really just about it. As long as you don't trip on the single unders, you just can't quit moving. And there was something like, I just, I distinctly remember the five minute mark. The guy was counting for me was, would just tell me my rounds, but he would only tell me every five minutes. And at the five minute mark, I was already at like eight rounds, eight or nine rounds or something. And I'm really good at math. And I was immediately calculating. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get 32 rounds, you know? <laughs> and so now, you know, you can't stop and what you should get, it's even worse. And so it's literally just suffering for like another 15 minutes. Your body can do it, but it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. So mm-hmm. you should do the scale. Yeah, our like division sounds great. Yeah. Well, I thought we talked to you guys about since you're, um, you know, filming this weightlifting course this week, inevitably every uh, year in the open, there's at least one heavy movement. Sometimes it comes in a wide, sometimes it comes in, uh, you know, a single, like last year we had the single lift that came up a couple of years ago. There was like a clean, you know, kind of like a, almost a clean and jerk ladder almost, or mm-hmm. a clean ladder that was part of the workout. Uh, but every year something comes up and while you can't cram to lift heavy, this is the time. I think that a lot of people like ourselves or myself that scale, year round will take your one opportunity to lift heavy, even though you haven't been doing it on a very consistent basis. So I, I thought maybe we would just start with some general conversation around, you know, knowing that's coming, like what are one or two things that people that cur- that currently scale could start doing to prep themselves to get ready for this? I know you can't cram, but what are some things they could do that would be smart they could prep for? Want me to start? Yeah, cool. Yeah, so I think there's probably two main focuses that someone who isn't consistently lifting heavy um, uh, or is continuously scaling or, or that's like where they are in the spectrum uh, would be to, you know, have a very consistent um, approach to like hitting heavier loads, right? So take your time out of class, right? And work at lifting to kind of what you're used to lifting to. And, and this isn't like trying to go to a one RM or, or find new PRs or anything to that, um, to that fact. It's just getting comfortable lifting the heavier, like the standardized barbells, 135, 185, 225, or the, the, the women's versions of that, which should be 95, 105, one, I don't know, 125, 155, um, being able to comfortably do those, or at least having touched those within the time frame. Right. You don't want to get into a big workout like 21.3 or four and not have touched anything over 80% or 85% of your lift in, in six months to a year or something that's like, because it just hasn't come up. Right. So taking time outside of class to actually touch some heavier barbells. Um, and then also taking time outside of class or maybe even in class to touch some heavier barbells 
when you're a little tired, right? Because that's what you're going to see. And that's where the the biggest difference is as far as most people are comfortable lifting heavy when they're not tired. This is the difference. And so it's taking a swing at a max lift after, you know, 45 thrusters and 30 toes to bar and bar muscle ups and front squats, right? 21.3, which could easily be our repeat workout from last year. And so, so taking some swings at some bigger weight under a little bit of fatigue, which you can do with just plain burpees or air squats or jogging or running or something like that. It doesn't have to be a high skill movement, but that's, that's what I would do. You know, have some time where you're actually lifting a little bit heavier when you're not tired and then take some time to lift a little bit under fatigue. How about, um, the loads themselves? Like I always struggle when the open comes around, cause I always feel like when there is a jump, it has to be a big jump. And it's actually, it wouldn't matter if it's a wad or a lift. Like, you know, when they give you a lift, you get a really short time frame, So you're almost right. forced to take bigger jumps if you want to, you know, hit a heavier weight. Mm-hmm. Right. And really even the same in the workouts, like I remember two or three years where, you know, the, the jumps on snatches or cleans would be, you know, 10 to 20 pounds heavier than I would normally make a jump right. in between lifts. Like, how do you prep for that? Yeah, exactly that. I think so, you know, adding on to taking some, uh, some time with some heavier percentage loads when you're getting up there, build up to here's the hypothetical workout. Okay. So you build up to 85, 90% for you or something that's challenging, take a five minute rest and then drop the bar down to 50%. Take a 10 minute AMRAP or a 10 minute clock sprint bike for, I don't know, 40 or 50 calories. And then the rest of the time you get three attempts to lift to a heavy, right? And so that's an easy way to be fatigued and an easy way to get fatigued. And then you have to take minimum, set a number for yourself. You can only jump a minimum of 25 pounds per lift, right? Something like that. And so it's an easy way to integrate big jumps when you're a little tired, kind of, you know, killing two birds, one stone kind of thing. Any, any thoughts around, um, I don't know, focusing on power versus squat. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, man, that's so person specific, but for and me, also you don't know what's programmed. Sometimes they, right. They have to, you have to squat clean. Sometimes they make you squat and then sometimes they don't. Uh, so I don't know. That's, that's like, that's a tough two, I would practice both because the squat, like even in the actual sport of weightlifting, there's no requirement to squat. Right. But in CrossFit, they add that requirement sometimes. Uh, so it would certainly be smart mm-hmm. to get some heavy squatting patterns in. Sure. Mm-hmm. Savannah, anything to add to that? Sure. I think kind of going back to the beginning of the question is that if there are some lifts that you haven't done in a long time or that you're not really comfortable with, those would be the ones that I would start with as far as our limited time that we have until the open starts and being able to get a few reps in. The other thing I think that you could do on the topic of the big weight jumps is you could practice bigger jumps when you don't normally at the bottom where you're confident, or you could warm up with your normal working sets and then drop back down And then like CJ was saying, wave back up, but but not going to a weight that when you jump to it, you're going to miss one that you're still always going to lift so that you have that confidence building. And I think to making sure that as you practice that, 
that you could still take big jumps and decrease as long as the jumps that you're taking at the top end are still a little, little bigger than you'd normally take. And that can help build a little bit of confidence with your lifting too. Can you talk about that practice some uh, for those listening, Savannah's a very technical lifter and I've had the opportunity to lift with her several times. And she's had the opportunity to, uh, tell me how shitty I am several times <laughs> and, uh, or let me say graciously correct my form. Maybe that's the yeah, best. That to, be, better. to be clear. Anytime Savannah is giving someone negative feedback, it always comes across as very positive feedback. Right. It is positive feedback, but I think that Which is, think this, is why she's chief of customer happiness, but she's also a very good lifter. And I think this, like this feedback around practicing prior to doing your lift is really important for people because there are, I'm making an educated guess. A lot of people just like myself that go into the lifts and you don't really practice the lifts prior to doing them. Like you just think, all right, I know how to do a clean. And so you just kind of grip it and rip it, <laughs> you know? So when you think of that practice, like what does that look like either, you know, prior to the water, just, you know, the, in the next two weeks leading up. You know, I think if we're talking about people who are going to be now adding a few extra lifting sessions in just to re-familiarize with the lifts. It could be a quick little warm-up and multiple, multiple sets at very light weights as they're warming up and really trying to make every lift the best that they can. So not being sloppy while you're warming up with your light weights and taking every lift very seriously, so to speak. So pretending that those light weights that that we oftentimes know that we can lift and just kind of, you know, graze over on our way until we get to a weight that requires our attention. If you bring that attention to the very beginning, even to your empty barbell, if you're able to make each one your very best, that will carry you a lot farther and allow you to be lifting better as you get to the top end weights. This is a question none of you are really going to have the answer for, but if, um, if we all to, have the answer. Oh, you won't. If you had to bet though, what are the odds? Three. Of, the answer if, is three. No, for the heavy lift, what's it going to be? Clean or snatch? So my thought is it will probably be a snatch of any variation this year because it hasn't happened in, oh, wow. this will be five years. 2017 was the last time we snatched in the open. Yeah. For weight, for load. And that was the chest of bar, pest of bars. Um, squat snatch workout, which I don't think they'll do again because of the difficulty on the older age groups. I think it was a full shit show and hardly anyone was able to get below parallel at 55 plus at 155 pounds. So um, I think it might, I think it'll be a snatch of any variation. Well, and last year we had, um, was it a one rep max clean jerk? Is that right? Remember it was a complex. complex. It was like deadlift, hang clean, clean jerk. That's right. Touch and go. You had to touch and go, it, which I never thought would happen because I think that's really hard to judge. And I think a lot of people still like reset on the ground, but you know, that's besides oh, the point. So many people did. Clean, yeah. Clean they would like, the they'd get there and it would be quick, but it was still oh. not a touch and go for sure. But yeah, that was so, you know, I, I always say that I'm like, this is, they're never going to do this. And then they do it. So it could, could be a five rep max jerk from the ground or something. Well, like that. I made the joke at the top of this conversation that you can't cram for the open, but I guess that's really the question is like, so if if you aren't as good at one of the lifts and the others, I think a lot of people typically are not as good at snatching as they are clean and jerks, although that's opposite for some people. 
Um, would you spend more time working on one than the other, or would you still split them evenly knowing that you can't really guess? You just have to wait to find out what the workouts are. I can take this one. I would, again, like looking at the time frame that we have, it's not that long. Realistically, you're not going to make that many major improvements between now and the open. The, the thing that kind of circling back around to what CJ said and Savannah said is a lot of people do not naturally practice weightlifting under what I would call heavy fatigue. A lot of us, most gyms are organized by strength first, Metcon second. And the Metcon normally has a lighter barbell, especially if it's old school CrossFit, like the Metcon has a lighter barbell than the weightlifting section. So I think that complex from last year, that clean complex really caught people off guard because they were smoked. It caught me off guard. Like I picked up that bar and it, I mean, it was way heavier than I was expecting. That's something that can be trained. Um, in fact, I'm pretty sure Graham Holmberg, if anybody remembers, he won the, uh, the CrossFit games one year, kind of out of nowhere because Rich Froning couldn't climb a rope. And when asked what his number one piece of training advice was, he just kind of was like, um, being able to lift heavy weights when you're really tired. Like that was his number one piece of advice, which is like, okay, decent advice, but we were expecting a little bit more. However, there's something to be said for that because a lot of people don't practice it. So that's, that'd be the one thing is I would practice snatches while you're tired, like heavy ish snatches while you're tired. Can you maintain that good technique on those lifts that should be easy for you? And you kind of breeze over just like Savannah was talking about. Can you really focus on good movement and hit it under extreme fatigue? Like imagine doing Fran and then having to having to do a one rep max snatch in five minutes, right? Like what realistically could you get to? My guess is that when you pick up 70% of your snatch, it's going to feel a lot heavier than 70%. So can you focus on move, good movement? Uh, it'd be like doing stuff like that. Metcon followed by a very technical, solid rep, trying to get moderately heavy for both the clean and the snatch and the jerk. I'm going to have to go back and listen to video to see if that was a good Graham Holberg impression. I'm not sure it was, but I'm just going to take your word for now that it was good. I'm sure he was wearing a headband and didn't have a shirt on, even though people at his gym weren't allowed to have shirts off. Well, I'm a hundred percent sure he wasn't wearing a shirt and he was wearing a headband, but there's a little but no bit one of can a, take their shirt off at his gym. I know there is a little bit of a gamemanship though, to that, you know, to the heavy lifting. I think everyone needs to think about that a little, like that's why I'm hoping uh, if anyone, whatever you get out of this is that, you know, you're working on technical expertise over the next couple of weeks and not trying to PR because the truth is, is like in the open, there's still gamemanship. Meaning I'll tell you what I did last year. I, for my lift, I ended up being in for that portion. If I'm remembering right, the top 15 to 20% of my age group in the lift, because when I got to the muscle up portion of the workout, I thought I was going to kill it. And then I just shit the bed. And when I knew I wasn't going to get a lot of muscle ups, I quit doing them and I lowered my heart rate. So you might, I guess the point is, is like, I love the tip of, Hey, you got to start focus about focusing on lifting with a high heart rate, but there's also a little bit of gamemanship coming up too in the open that you have to take into account for that will help you decide what you're going to do when game time comes, you know, it is, it's not going to be as simple as saying you just have to go as heavy as you can, because to your point, there's going to be a lot of people going in with a jacked heart rate that aren't going to lift as much as they normally do. That's kind of the point. Yeah. And, and there's, it's really hard to prepare for one. The, the main consistency here is that 
we know that it is very common for the CrossFit open to have fatigued, heavy weightlifting, right? That that's a common thread that's run, whether it's some sort of ladder or whether it's a Metcon followed by some sort of complex or one rep max lift of some sort, like that's a common theme. So that would be the only thing I would say you can maybe prepare for somewhat. I hope they bring back the snatch wad we did in 2012. You remember that one? Just no. snatches all the time. Snatches. I yes. loved it. No. no, what? No, was it snatches and burpees or was no. it just no. the snatches? Just snatches. Yes, give me that workout. That's my workout. Bro. That's how I got my nickname. Which is swear to God. What was when, uh, what's, what's, what's your nickname? nickname? When you... people call oh, me J- John F and Wooly. Yeah, JFW because uh, JFW, <laughs> dude. So this is true. So it was my that was my. I'd been doing CrossFit for less than a year. They should just name that workout after you. They should. I've been doing less than a year. So you have to keep in mind, it's a small gym, 2012 in Cleveland. Like games weren't streamed in those days. Like nobody knew anything, right? And a few, you know, really strong people in the gym. I was not one of them. And I'd only been snatching at this point for eight months, maybe. Yeah. And so I don't know why 135 is like the magical weight to snatch like when you like that's the threshold for dudes like if you can get to 135 you've like yeah that was like moving solid weight back then yeah well so and i was not moving solid weight i'd never lifted more than 115 ever ever not even close and so we get to that workout i'm like all right well i guess it looks like i'm doing 30 snatches at 75 and i'm done you know and one of the coaches comes over he's like hey i'm gonna coach you through this and i get to 135 and i pull the first one and it's like right at eye level and I don't know what the hell that means, you know? Legs are probably like wider, like yeah. three times wider than your shoulders. And the coach looks at me. He's like, if you can get it to eye level, you can get under it. And on the third lift, I hit it. And I'm standing there. And I must have held that barbell overhead for 20 seconds. I'm just standing there waiting for the entire class to see me, right? <laughs> and, and Everybody, come look at how good I look. Yeah. And the coach from across the room sees me. And here's a big curse alert for everyone. Like at the top of her voice, she yells, John fucking Wooly, like really loud. And the whole place turns and looks at me. And from then on out, I was JFW. And it's been JFW. Uh, and I was about to say, times. and at that point, you had completely fallen in love with CrossFit. Yeah. Like, that was and it. it. That was the moment. It was the moment. And I hit three that, that day. I hit two more yeah. after that. And uh, I was hooked. I'm like, man, you know, and then I think I didn't hit a 135 again for a year, but you know, it was still, it's like Typical. that adrenaline of the moment, you know, the, it's so funny that you mentioned that workout. Cause that is a classic example of, of pre wad prep Ben doing all of the wrong things uh, that we're warning you not to do. Like that workout came out and I remember I had like a barbell and some bumper plates in my garage that I was living, like I was probably living in the garage. Um, no, in that, in the garage of the house I was living in, in college, I was a sophomore in college or something like that. And, or no, I was a junior, whatever, junior, senior, don't, doesn't matter. Dates, whatever. Anyway, got to the bar. I literally didn't warm up. I put on 135, yanked it over my head and was like, wow, that was heavy. I think I failed it. I tried it one more time and hit it. And I was like, all right. (laughs) And that was it. (laughs) <laughs> that, was like, that was my practice for the workout. And then I showed up and I did it at the, at CrossFit invoke. Um, and it was just like, so ridiculous. Cause there's, there's actually still pictures of me, I think on my Facebook account of me just like, oh my gosh, my form is so bad. Just, just yanking that thing as hard as I could. I got through all, I think all 135 snatches and the next 
wait, was it 155 or 175? I think, I think. I think it was 165 was the next weight. Okay. Is that right? And then it jumped to like, like yeah, yeah, pretty heavy after that. And I think I think I ended up hitting a couple at, at like the next weight, and they were just atrocious. Like bounce one off the top of my head. Counts in CrossFit. Well, actually, it might not have, but it counted for me. And yeah, the lump's still there. Are you looking for it, CJ? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably still there. But guys, the like I I was purposefully ignoring snatches. I could deadlift and power clean all day long, but I didn't practice snatches until the absolute last minute to practice them. And that's just the wrong way to do it. We know that snatches and or cleaning jerks are coming. So practice them now and do it under fatigue. Young Ben probably went and crushed that wad and then went home and and killed a pint of Ben and Jerry's while Uh typing into MySpace how well you did. Don't you think? Yeah. No, it was more, it was Facebook back then. Was it? Was it Facebook those days? It wasn't MySpace for you? Uh, I reading through old status updates, like when they pop back up on the, on the newsfeed, like 12 years ago to this day. And and it'd just be like some random rap verse. (laughs) Like it would just be like, just Eminem, obviously just, or Wayne. Yeah. And it'd just be like some random rap lyric and usually have a typo in it. And I just, I was, I was something else. I know when I'm looking for rap trivia, I normally text you. So that that totally makes sense. You should, you should totally, totally makes sense. Well, those are the good old days. I like those Facebook status updates too, because I used to put all my workouts in there. Now I'll go back and see them occasionally and it'll be some workout I did. Then my, I'll have all my notes and it'll go. I looked one a couple of weeks ago and I did 10 back squats at like 155 pounds. And the notes were like, oh my God, I think I nearly died. I'll never lift more weight than this in my entire life, you know? And oh my gosh. And, and, and now like a decade later, like I look at it and I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? You know, but you're just, you know, you're just in a different place a decade later. It's just really funny how that happens. You know, I just had one of those statuses pop back up in my head because of how cringeworthy it was. It was like a couple months ago, it popped up and the status update was when when you have bloody shins and bloody knees, you know you're doing it right. Oh, nice. that was because, and of course, what was I doing? Probably snatching, cleans, but all wrong, right? Like you shouldn't have bloody shins really ever. And the only excuse maybe would be deadlifts. Uh, and then I'm pretty sure I there's like a whole bunch of comments from my roommates that are like, you know, they were all like inappropriate sexual jokes. And yeah. Well, every, um, every CrossFit <laughs> photo of me from that era, Ben, I was probably wearing knee socks. that said burpee ninja. Yeah. Or, or bacon. Wa- yeah. yeah. Or wad killer. Wad you know? killer. Wad scala. Dude. Yeah. I still remember that with a gun on it. Wad yep. killer. All of the above. Yes, all, all of those. We all wore knee socks in those days. We were like a we were like a Girl Scout troop. It was ridiculous. Solid <laughs> <laughs> reference. True. It's it's so, it's so true though. Even That's the elite athletes true. were like it's yeah. it was ridiculous. Ah, uh, the good old days. Well, let's uh, let's hit a mid show here, Ben, and talk about our sponsor, Advocate. Yes, as everyone, if you listen to previous episodes, you know I'm a huge fan of therapy in general. Um, whether you go to therapy uh, for yourself individually or, or see a marriage therapist, if you're married or have, or even have a boyfriend, girlfriend, 
partner of some sort, um, having a therapist, a professional person to guide you through uh, your own thought patterns and help identify things that that you might be missing uh, is super, super strong. I know that therapy has been a big part of my life and I never thought it was ever going to be, but it has been a big part of my life over the last 12 months specifically. Um, and yeah, my dude is like ex-CIA. He's super cool. I never thought therapy could be cool, but uh, it actually is for me now. So with that in mind, uh, Advocate has partnered with us uh, to help you get more affordable therapy. So when you go to Advocate uh, and you enter your details and you sign up, basically they help you save money. They help you find local therapists or a therapist that can meet with you over telehealth. And then they also help you save money on that therapy. Uh, And so does our discount code, which I'll mention in a second. But they also help potentially pair your insurance so that the therapy counts under your insurance. So there's kind of like a triple whammy there. Um, John, have you have you seen any positive benefits of of therapy? Is it only for weak people? <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that. I was uh, there's been so much discussion in CrossFit lately about mental health because you know CEO mm-hmm. came out and said he took some time off to focus on his mental health and. I was really surprised at the number of people that came forward and, you know, declared that week for men. And it's, there seems to be this kind of ongoing, um, just this thing for men, I think for years and years and years that, you know, you just should man up, suck it up, rub some dirt on it, buddy, you know, and, uh, that's just not the truth. I mean, I think that, um, you know, talking through your issues and finding somebody to talk to those about is important. And uh, if advocate can help you save some money and get through to the right person, because, you know, the truth is therapists are like anybody else. You got to find the right one for you. You know, there's yep. you can't just talk to anybody. And um, so, yeah, I think it's a great idea to be able yeah. to do that. And, and I think like, you know, in, in relation to CrossFit or kind of CrossFit adjacent. We spend so much time working on our bodies and nutrition. And, you know, we're spending this whole show talking about lifting and recovery. You know, this is equally important. Like you can focus on all the stuff, but if you're going home stressed out, you know, think of all the other areas that's going to impact you, you know? So I just, I just think it's a huge benefit to people that want to take advantage of it. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And if you want to take advantage of it, uh, go to advocate.com slash scale. So it's a D V E K I T.com slash scale. And then use the code scale 50 and you'll get 50% off your first therapy session. Um, and yeah, exactly what you said, like finding an actual therapist can be difficult and maybe a little daunting. It's like, I don't know where to start. I'm just not going to start, but I promise you, uh, get started. And, uh, it took me a couple of tries to find the right one. And, uh, man, I'm making a lot of progress with my, my new guy. And again, it's like, it's not even like, it's not weak. It's not like you're going there and just, I think the, the, um, the idea is like you show up and you sit on a couch and then you just cry and they go, Hmm, interesting. And it's so, it's not that at all. Like it's been really empowering and, and I get excited to go to my sessions every, you know, few weeks or so. So yeah, try it out advocate.com slash scale, scale 50 to save 50% off your first therapy session. I kind of like the mental image of you on the couch, just crying. I don't know why. It just seems fun to me. And me going, hmm, interesting, Ben. Interesting. Yeah. We'll try it sometime. We will. We'll try that sometime. Try sometime. I'll put a link. Uh, there's a link in the bio already for Advocate, but I'll put it in the show notes too. So those of you listening, you can go to the show notes and and hit it and take advantage. So 
Uh, let's get back to open prep. So uh, I want to talk about recovery. I think one of the hardest things for the open for me, I'm just speaking for myself, but I think this applies to most people is that you're not used to wrecking your body like a lot of people do. And so recovery is the really the hardest part or has always historically been the hardest part for me. CJ, why don't I start with during, you? Think, during the open specifically? Yeah, during that week. Well, I mean, first of all, like I think a lot of people that are in, you know, master's athletes or even kind of new athletes that are getting new to CrossFit don't go to that red line as often as you would during the open. And the other thing that typically happens in the open, and I'm not encouraging this, but I know it will happen because you're all crazy, is that you will do the workout two or three times to get the best possible score. And so you're just wrecking your bodies. And so we'll, CJ, I'll start with you. Like, this is kind of your wheelhouse. Like, you know, what? give me a piece of advice to, you know, something I can focus on that's going to make this open just 1% better for me recovery-wise. Yeah. I think there's a couple of things to hit on first, but the first piece of advice is you probably shouldn't do the workouts multiple times, right? Just in general. But let's talk about why we get that sore. You guys talked about red line. So we have this usually a moderately higher volume workout, but it's the intensity, right? And so we talk about lifting and training under fatigue. It's just, we don't push ourselves in that kind of, um, that effort during classes. It just doesn't happen. Okay. And so that's the first part is, is, we need to train those kind of things. And obviously we can't do that now, but being used to actually pushing at hundred percent, not doing starting every 15 minute AMRAP at, you know, a snail's pace, right. Or just like doing your one around sprint and then falling into kind of your pace. But um, first advice is you probably don't need to do them multiple times. Okay. Unless you're qualifying for the next bit. So we consider you the bubble athlete. You're going to the next stage. That's when we consider multiple attempts because the competition factor. Um, you will always do better the second time. It's not really proving that you're better. It's just, you just learn, right? If you take a test and then you took that same exact test 30 minutes later, you, and you knew all the answers, you do a lot better because you would have all the answers. Right. And so CJ, that was an amazing analogy. I and I'm so proud of you. I'm trying to, that I'm was sitting, awesome. I'm yeah, an analogy I'm guy. That going, was amazing. Would I though? Really? Uh, right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Um, so, you know, it, we know you're going to get better. And so convincing yourself that maybe you don't have to do it, especially three times. Okay. Two, let's talk about doing it twice. Workouts come out at noon on Thursday now, noon Pacific time. So you could do it on Thursday and then you could do it on Monday with ample rest in between. So if you plan on doing it twice, that's what maybe consider, um, but give yourself the time in between, be active. Okay. If there's a lot of pull-ups, you know, make sure that you are generally trying to, to flush lots of water, lots of sleep, lots of nutrition. Don't try to change up anything drastic during that time. Um, and try not to Netflix on the couch all weekend in between workouts. It's going to kind of increase some of that stiffness and soreness. Like I said, because the intensity is there, the soreness that you're going to feel is different. And most people don't do upwards of 60 thrusters in a workout. And we pretty much can guarantee there will be more than 60 thrusters in one workout or some form of fast squat and flexion movement pattern since there always is. And so um, walking, you know, C2 bike, not really a row or ski recovery kind of thing, but walking a C2 bike, if you can get on it, probably not any running, definitely no gymnastics or, or anything to that effect. You want to try and avoid what we consider the eccentric contraction portion of the movement, the, lengthening portion um because that's what creates all that muscle breakdown 
And so finding ways to get the heart rate up a little bit, get your blood flow going. Um, you know, you can do your traditional stretching routine if that's something that you do. Um, but, but it's really, it really comes down to nutrition, sleep, hydration, and not doing the workout three times. I mean, that's the vein that's so important. Also, uh, another quick thing is if you look at a large percentage of athletes will maybe go to like a Friday night lights thing. So like they do it, maybe not at the normal time, they do it Friday afternoon or something like that Friday night. And then afterwards they're staying out late with their CrossFit friends and boozing up. And then, you know, and then it's like, Oh, I don't want to do anything that might make me tired between now and my redo. And then they lay on the couch. So it's like, you're, you're amplifying these negative recovery things, the drinking, the maybe staying up extra late on on that Friday partying with your CrossFit friends. Um, and then the like not moving for multiple days as a great way to be really sore. Well, I have no friends, so I don't need to worry about any of that. Um, yeah, but you drink alone. Well, I was going to say, but you booze. Yeah, no, drinking alone too, no, John. I don't drink. I have not had a drink in since I had those Wada shots with you guys in Miami. No, no, no. I had those shots with you guys in Miami. That's literally the only alcohol I've had since January 1st. Hey, dude, I can't believe that we did it to me. coach david is such a bad influence <laughs> i know he made all of us and uh, it had me so stressed out i'm like subtracting it out of carbs off my stupid rp diet it's ridiculous so ridiculous well yeah. hey i'm proud of La you so no more boozing that's Lacroix. Good. see lime Lacroix. Wait. yeah i, I think know. one thing to think of is we're not telling you not to like enjoy the open. We want you to enjoy the open, but the question was how to be most prepared to hit the workout again, which then reduces the social aspects of it. Right. And so this is like, we're weighing your priorities is key. Okay. If this is your, your peak time of the season, you want to make it to the next stage, top 10% in your age group or um, in the open overall, then you need to, sacrifice a little and make sure that you take the the right steps to feel good for, for your, your redo and uh, practicing the workout, practicing strategies are a good way to generally flush very light, methodical zone two, zone three, even, or I'm sorry, zone two, zone one work of just kind of moving through working on transitions or pacing or, or strategy, mental strategy things. All of that stuff can help the recovery process as well. You know, it's funny that you um, you brought up the nutrition piece and and called me out on being an alcoholic. So thanks for that. Um, no problem, dude. <laughs> I because I was thinking this afternoon that uh, you know how much should nutrition play in you know two weeks out, and I thought to myself, you know, people that do drink or you know have you know don't have a great kind of nutrition plan oftentimes will go, well, screw it. There's nothing I can do between now and then to fix it. So I won't do anything. And I don't believe that to be true at all. Like if you give up alcohol within just a few days, that water retention goes away, which at the very least will make you lighter going into the open, which is a plus, but I think you can get like hydration is a big piece for me in how I feel when I'm running or when I get a high heart rate and I've got to like maintain steady state for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And so I would really encourage people to for at least the next couple of weeks, you know, if you're not going to give it up, go super light on it and certainly give it up, you know, several days prior to your first workout. For sure. And it absolutely, what, what are you guys laughing at? It, as long, as long, as long as you're not a true alcoholic and you don't get the shakes or withdrawals, well, I think that's a good well, idea. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yes, not drinking is for sure a better way to recover. I think I agree 100. percent CJ thinks it's too obvious, but people need to hear it. And honestly, no, it's true, it's true, it's true. so I don't one think of the it's things too obvious too, at all, though. That's yeah, the thing. Like, I think, I think, well, yeah, you, like a casual beard. It's like you almost don't even think about it sometimes. Yeah, I mean, look, CJ's a doctor. You got and you guys, this is your life. But the casual CrossFitter that's my age. You know, here's why they're doing the open. They got a buddy they want to beat by three reps. That's why they're doing it a second time. Not because they're trying to make semis, not because you, they're Gary, trying to I'm make quarterfinals. And so they don't have the dedication to think that maybe that is the missing three reps or those three beers they had on Friday night after. And when they're going to go redo it on Saturday, like that's, yeah. that's a very real thing for people. And also this, like, it's absolutely, I mean, I've seen it in my own sleep tracking, you know, through the recovery RX stuff that we've done. Oh my gosh, one beer drastically affects my sleep performance. Like, but and also the the metrics that go with it. Like, not only do I sleep more poorly, it also spikes my heart rate throughout the night and decreases my HRV. So it's just like it's beyond the other physiological and, and physical effects. Uh, there's it's also tanking your sleep, which is not good. So just try to focus on the little things. And one of those little things is probably, yeah. If you go two weeks sober going into the open and then somehow stay sober throughout all three weeks, despite, you know, feeling bad about your score and leaderboarding and, and then seeing the scores that other people put up, uh, and it's going to help, it's going to help you for sure. And it's something that, you know, you'll won't hear many other coaches talking about, but it's a very true reality. Well, look, your scores are going to be shitty enough when this is over. You're going to want to drink anyway, so you can drink after. That's fine. <laughs> Perfect. Totally fine. I've I've made the joke forever that some protein companies should start putting antidepressants <laughs> into the protein because that's what people need during the open. Like every year we all have the same problem, or I did, you know, did for years when I was competing against buddies of mine. Is you go in all fight, this is my be- gonna be my best year ever. And after the first week, you're already getting your ass kicked by everybody, and then you're just so depressed for the next few weeks. It's <laughs> Maybe it's a good thing now that they've eliminated two additional weeks of compounding depression. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I love it. I think, I think it's absolutely great. And I think it's actually really great on people's bodies that there's three weeks instead of five, like that five week cycle was brutal for me. Absolutely. brutal. Did you guys know that there's like a school of thought out there that actually doesn't like the shorter open? like a big one. They think it should be five weeks. They think the test is not good. I didn't know that. I saw, you know, something through social media and I was very impressed that people actually attributed this to lesser of a test for, I don't know, the people who aren't going to make it to the I mean, next it stage does, or something. It does the job. I mean, it's, it's purpose is truly to, to create, to find the next 10%. And right. it's enough of a test where we test strength and a lot of parts of fitness, but yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, look, there's enough, there's enough OGs out there. I, you know, I made a joke. I forget it was on, I was on um, morning chalk up the other day with a, an affiliate owner, 14 year affiliate owner. And we were joking that in the old days, the good old days, CrossFit wasn't about training or even the test. It was about how quick could you puke? That's what we did. Like we went in and every day was a red line, literally every day. And I like, I've had coaches that were just fanatical about it in those early days. They would literally, I had a coach one time, literally walk over and take a kettlebell out of my hand and get a heavier one. Cause he didn't think I was working hard enough mid workout. And by the way, I got injured in that workout. <laughs> like, and he didn't care because that's the way it was in those days. So I think there's still a big contingent of those OGs that, you know, I think we're getting soft. 
sure. because we're not going to redline, you know, five times and doing the workout five days in a row and all the crazy shit we did back then, you know, it was the worst. Savannah, what about you? What are you going to do to recover better? What's your secret strategy we can all steal? Well, I actually had a question first. Oh, give it up. Let's go. Okay. The people who are disappointed in losing the last two weeks, are they people who are definitely continuing on and they feel like it wasn't a good enough test for them to qualify? Or are they people who are not qualifying and they feel like they're missing out on that opportunity of two extra weeks of competition with themselves? I think it's the latter. I think it's the latter. And the argument that I heard was it's less community focused, which I thought was really interesting um, because this is like the only time for the broad community to like bond together and do this thing, which is the open, Um, which I just thought it was just an interesting point. I didn't realize that school. I thought it was unanimous across the board. Everyone was happier with three weeks. And then I saw this on for sure Dave's or Eric's post or something. And someone was complaining about the open. And I just thought it was interesting and I dug into it and um, there's pretty, pretty hefty little amount that just think that it's too short. The community is sacrificed to the, to the sport, you know, but then you have the exact, it's, it's funny. There's just a 180 across the board, but yeah. And affiliate owners in that instance, like if, if they're like, if, if an affiliate owner is having Friday night lights and um, like, I imagine some affiliate owners are the ones that are upset here. Cause they're like, this was my chance to like, have this community come together and they just took two of it, you know, two fifths of it away. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. 20, yeah. 20%. Is that yeah. two fifths? 40% right. math. Good math. You're good. Yeah. Thanks guys. Um, <laughs> so anyway, they could easily just add two more Fridays onto like they, like I know some affiliates that just make up their own workouts during the open because they don't even have the equipment that, can you know facilitate all of the open workouts like they could easily just add two more weeks to their own open and have their own internal leaderboard and still have that community but uh yeah it's a very interesting thing i'm i'm a personal fan of the three weeks well they went when they announced it they went to the three weeks for a pretty good reason and just put a lighter workload on the gyms i mean with gyms going out of business due to covid and fewer coaches and more people working out at home like this year they added where you can take the online test and like someone could come to my home gym and judge me if they wanted. And it would count. A lot like, of affiliates are pissed about that too. Cause they're like, that's the whole reason I have my affiliation is because this is the only way people can participate in the open. Yeah. yeah. Well, but I guess the point is, is they're trying to make it easier for people to compete, not less. So this would be an interesting year to see how many people actually sign up and do it. Cause you got a lot of people, you know, pissed off about the Dave thing and they're pissed off about the Eric thing. And you know, pissed off about monster. People are just pissed off in general, I think about everything. So it'll be interesting to see a, how many people sign up kind of what those results look like and you know, what future years grow from this. But I think the intentions were good. We'll see how it plays out. I like the three weeks personally. It's better for my old body. You guys are all in agreement. Okay, good. So Savannah, back to you. Yeah, my old body. So Savannah, what are are, uh, one or two things you do to recover? What do I do? Hmm. You know, I try to set myself up for success the day of as far as nutrition timing. I, you know, eat foods that agree with me that aren't risky or I might be burping up if I'm working really hard. No one, you know, we've talked about bad foods before workouts and there are a handful of them and everybody knows what theirs are. 
And then I also try to, you know, have a good dinner and I'm not really a redoer anymore unless I've made a grave error. <laughs> um, and I know that I'm going to make, can make a significant difference on my performance. Um, I think just over time you learn your pacing and you learn your limits and sometimes it's not worth a redo, but as far as general recovery, I would definitely, if I was really sore or stiff and tired, I'm a big fan of moving easy and just kind of fleshing that out. Basically everything that the guy said, I think pretty, I, you know, eat well, try to move around a little bit, drink some water and move on. And am I the only one in this group to those hot salt baths like a basic bitch? Like that's my thing. Like the open, <laughs> I go out Maybe. and I kill myself and then I come back and fire up the jacuzzi and fill it with Epsom salts and light some candles and put on some soft music and just enjoy myself. That's what I'm imagining like one of those big like bath bomb fizzy balls. That's exactly that just what it's like. He, he just like walks in with his glass of wine and just throws it in. He's like, oh, it's so fizzy. Yeah, yeah and Bean sits on the side, on the side of the tub next to me and we just him. chill together. <laughs> it's so much fun. So good. I, hey, look, I'm a monster proponent of salt baths for recovery. I'm telling you, they do me a world of good. It's been a minute since I've taken one, but I know that there's some scientific efficacy to the use of Epsom salt. Look, I don't know if it does or doesn't. All I know is I feel extra relaxed, and I'm a big proponent these days of getting as much rest and relax as you can before the next workout, and it it always feels like it helps me. So that's my I don't know about the candles and the soft music to do that. Don't do it. That's just a me thing, but required. it's not necessarily required, but I think you can do it. All right. So last thing on this, before we kind of wrap up here. So are you guys going to do um, when the workouts are announced, you mentioned blogs and other stuff at the top of this, when the workouts are announced, you're going to do like a full release. Hey, here's what you need to go do. And if so, where can people find that? Yeah. So every year we try to make it better and better. This year, we're planning to shoot a pretty robust YouTube video, just like we do every year. So it'll be on YouTube. It'll probably be like CrossFit Open 21.1 Strategy Guide, Wad Prep Official, because uh, there's a lot of strategy guides that are popping up nowadays. So there'll be a YouTube video. We'll have a blog post to go with that. That's just going to be wadprep.com slash blog. Or honestly, if you just go to wadprep.com, there's going to be like banners and stuff like that, because that's why everyone's visiting the website this time of year. Um if you're on the email list, then you'll have all of the resources sent directly to your email as soon as they're available. So that's kind of like the hot tip is to make sure that you sign up for the Wad Prep email list. If you get like three or four emails from me per week, then you're probably on my email list. If you don't, then you're probably not. <laughs> so uh, I promise they're annoying and you'll love them. You'll love every bit of them and they'll help you uh, learn some strategies for the open. And then we also... Uh, Inside of Wad Prep Masters, we actually do a lot of like on the like on the spot coaching. So while I'm shooting the strategy video, which takes a little while to produce and is very general, Coach CJ and Savannah and, and a few of our other coaches are on a live coaching call with all of the members of Wad Prep Masters, and they do like strategy discussion for all the different divisions. They do a Q and A. So if you really want like more interaction with arguably the best coaches, uh, I think on the planet. Um, certainly better than me. Uh, rather than watching my YouTube video, join Wad Prep Masters, and then you can actually talk to the coaches and get some some specific strategy and, and coaching throughout the open. Hey, so, what what day of the week are these are these live coaching calls? 
They're Thursday as soon as the workout's released. Ooh, can I be on one? I want to be on one. Yeah. I, I can I can coach. I can tell everybody what not to do. It'd be great. They can just listen to me. I think you came on one and trolled everyone last year. Yeah. 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 yeah sure. I want to do another one. Thursday had the workshop. had the least amount of views. Um so we'll definitely have you back. Now people Perfect. loved it. We would love to have you in there. Um and yeah, it's it's a good time. And this year we've moved actually uh we're moving from Facebook over to like a newer, more customized platform called Circle. Um, so for all the people who hate Facebook stealing their data and things like that, or they just get distracted by social media, uh, we're not going to be there anymore. And it's, I'm really excited about that. All of WadPro Masters is going to be a bigger, better experience. So, um, yeah, if you're on the email list, we're actually sending out an offer sometime in the next week and a half where you can actually join for the open specifically for the open coaching part only for like $3. So that's going to be a pretty sweet deal. Um, I don't have any URLs to send you yet because it's not live yet. Well, I normally make fun of Ben for uh, propping up all your guys' videos. Like, on, it doesn't you. matter what topic I bring up. Ben's like, oh, we have a video for that. I could be like, hey, Ben, I started doing some cross-stitch this week. He's like, I have a wide prep cross-stitch video. It's awesome. It's called stitch prep. stitch prep. Stitch prep, exactly. But uh, this open prep stuff, it's actually how Ben and I met, for those that don't know that, was uh, you were coming on what at the time was Make Pods Great Again to talk about open prep with Nikki and I. Yes. Yep. I totally forgot about that. Yep. That was was the original. That was fun. As a matter of fact, I think, if I'm remembering right, and it's been a long time, it would have been like in the first 10 to 15 episodes, and the first one was probably just you and me, not Nikki, and then Nikki came on later. You came on again. Yeah, and did it with us. So cool. yeah, those good old days. Good old days, back in the gl- the glory days. I had a full head of hair in those days, like a fro. It was awesome. It was so awesome. Just like epic. Bob Ross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> like Bob Ross. I'm just picturing. Oh my gosh, you should be Bob Ross for Halloween this year. I can I can pull off that look. I could make. I could wear the Bob Ross fro. It'd be awesome. All right, guys. Well, this has been fun. I think you. Uh, it certainly helps some people. Next week, we're going to do some more open preps. So if you guys have some specific things you want us to talk about around open or you're specifically worried about, shoot us a DM and we'll be happy to cover those topics. Um, so, yeah. And so, Savannah, CJ, thank you for joining. Appreciate you guys being us. here. Yeah, good times. You guys are very excited, I can tell. <laughs> Keep an eye out for wide grip weightlifting. Yes, wide because grip it helps CJ PR is clean and jerk today. After one day. After one day of filming. Boom. <laughs> Just like that. You're, like you're, magic. you're a magician, Ben, a total magician. Oh, All right, I wasn't where... even in the course. No, CJ, <laughs> CJ was his own magician. Yeah. Was he? Bad Perfect. Magician. Nope, too late. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. And we will talk to you next Tuesday.